Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sira, and much more. Inshallah. <coughs> Uh, today uh, we'll start a series of lectures uh, which will be covering the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam or the seerah of Muhammad sallallahu uh, in, in today's talk, uh, instead of going into the details of the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, I'd like to give an introductory talk first, so we have an idea of. What we are going, why, why we are learning the seerah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam also, because uh, uh, it is it is always important uh, even when we are trying to read a book or uh, we, we are trying to learn certain knowledge, uh, there has to be a goal that we are trying to get out of that knowledge or information that we are get, gaining, and when we talk about uh, uh, the seerah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, it is. Uh, uh, one of the most important personality in the history of the mankind and in the history of Islam and for us ourselves. Allah Azza wa Jal says in, in Surah Al-Ahzab, بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم لقد كان لكم في رسول الله أسوة حسنة that uh, indeed for sure that uh, you have a good example in the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And uh, this ayah itself is telling us that this is the example that needs to be followed by us as Muslims. Now, when we talk about Rasulullah's personality that we want to follow, we have to know that what personality of Rasulullah we are referring to. Right? Uh, there are many times the seerah, the subject of the seerah has been discussed and it is discussed in a, if you want to say the word, lopsided manner that one aspect of his life has been stressed so much that the other aspects of his life, of his life seem to be either neglected or overshadowed so you cannot even see that that what was his life. For example, we find in many cases that as if Rasulullah was just a husband or a father or a family man. We know that Rasulullah was not just a regular human being. Yes, he was a human being, but he was more than that. He was a prophet. He was a messenger of Allah. He was getting the wahi from Allah Azza wa Jal and he was chosen by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for this specific task. 
and we are obliged to follow him. Okay? Now, so it is important to understand that his life was not just a family life. He was father. That is true. And we should not neglect, when we try to cover the other aspects, so we should not neglect that part either. He was a father. He was a, uh, he was a husband. And he was a family man. And he had relationships with his people around him besides the, the, the family. And he was a judge. He was uh, an army leader. He was a ruler. And he was, uh, after all, he was a prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, when we are, inshallah, when we are trying to learn about Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and his life, we should make sure that we are covering, or at least trying our best to cover his personality as a whole. Okay? And that's the thing that can really benefit us, especially in the time and era that we are living in, where uh, Islam is under the microscope everywhere. And that will be very sad. The one who believes in that message is not aware of the message itself. And when we talk about Rasulullah life, we are talking about the wahi, because his life was a translation of the wahi that, that was revealed to him. And his actions were driven by the wahi. Yeah? His words were driven by the wahi. As Allah Azza wa Jal says, uh, uh, that Rasulullah sallallahu he does not speak from his desires. Whatever he says is the one that has been revealed to him through the wahi, through the wahi, through the revelation. So Rasulullah's actions, his uh, uh, his words, and his silence when actions were performed in front of him, and he, he approved an action is part of the wahi because Rasulullah would not let anything go by if something wrong has happened in front of him and he would not object it or try to stop it. So uh, when we talk about the seerah of Rasulullah so let's talk about what does it mean by seerah first. So well, seerah in a linguistic term seerah means uh, seerah is from the same word which is the sara yasiru, which is a walk, or you a path that you take. So it is linguistically it means a path, or, a, a, or you walk on a path. While when it comes to uh, uh, other meanings of the sira are also the biography, for example. And uh, in some cases, it is to, it, it means the characteristics, whether of the things or the people. And sira has become such a, uh, in Islamic term, it has become such a normal term used for Rasulullah because uh, in general, in the beginning, uh, after Rasulullah passed away, whenever people talked about biography, for them the most important biography of, was the biography of Rasulullah So the term sira, which is supposed can be used for anybody, it could be used for sira to Abu Bakr, for example, or Omar, or Fulan and Fulan and Fulan, but uh, it is used so much for Rasulullah that by default, if somebody does not use anything else but just say Sira, or you say it's a Sira session, right away people think of it, this is about Rasulullah what we're going to learn about. Yeah? Similarly, the word Hadith, for example, the Hadith does not necessarily mean the Hadith of Rasulullah. Hadith can also be 
hadith of anybody. Because it means, it has a, a, many linguistic meaning. It means a speech, a story. And after Rasulullah passed away, the most talked about talk, or the stories, were the talks of Rasulullah among the Sahaba and Tabi'een, Tabi'een. This is for them, and inshallah, very same thing should be for us, and it's for us. That the most talked about personality or the actions or the stories was of the stories of Rasulullah. So then, by default, the word hadith is connected to the hadith of Rasulullah. Okay? And it's important to make sure these are certain terminologies that we keep in mind for the later sessions as well. So when we say hadith, what does it mean by the hadith? So hadith of Rasulullah means any action that he undertook, any saying of Rasulullah or any action done in front of him and he approved the action, all of that is considered as the hadith of Rasulullah And they are part of the wahi. And another aspect of that hadith we should remember is it is another form of revelation. It is another form of revelation. As Quran is a wahi, similarly, the hadith of Rasulullah is also wahi. Yes, it is saved or protected differently. It was reported in a little bit different manner. But it is also from wahi. And it is, these are the actions of Rasulullah. But they are driven by the uh, by the wahi that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed. Okay? So this, this is important because the, there is uh, some uh, false ideas have been present, presented among the people nowadays that as if the sunnah or the seerah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is not important. No, it is as important as the Quran. And they both go hand in hand. Without the sunnah, without the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we cannot even understand the Quran properly. So the Quran and Hadith, or the Quran and Sunnah, they go together, and they both have to be taken as sources of Islam. Okay. Now, as I was talking about Sirah, so Sirah is the uh, we talk about. This is the biography of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam in the technical term now. And about uh, the Sirah, <coughs> Allah subhanahu wa taala says uh, in uh, Surah Al-Ahzab again, "Ma kana Muhammadun." That Allah is saying that Rasulullah Muhammad is not a father of any, of any one of you, but he is a messenger of Allah and he is a Khatam al Nabiyyin. He is among, he's the last messenger among the rest of the prophets that came before him. So that's another aspect that we should remember because. The, the doors of the wahi were closed with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. There will be no more messenger after Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And uh, <coughs> Allah That whatever Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam gives you, take it. And whatever he prevents you to do, or prohibits you to do, then stay away from it. And that's a, that's a command. That's a command from Allah Azza wa Jal. And that has to be followed. So it is important for us, when we are looking into the life of Rasulullah sallallahu it is not a bedtime story that we're trying to learn here. 
It is not a story that people tell to their kids so they can go to sleep during the night time. Or we can uh, read many different adventurous stories of Rasulullah and feel happy about it and it has nothing to do with my life. No. All these things that we are learning about Rasulullah it has an impact. Meaning it has to be followed where the command is to be followed and where Rasulullah has been ordered to stay away from something so we prevent that action. So it is awamir wa nawahi we are getting from it. Meaning the commands and the prohibitions that we get from the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now, uh, another aspect of uh, the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is uh, unfortunately uh, because of we have become so used to uh, the life of Rasulullah as looking at from just few of the aspects that we only stress those things. So as I said in the beginning of the talk, that we'll try to cover all of it. For example, sometimes we get too much involved into uh, how Rasulullah dressed. So I want to be dressed like him. Right? So there's nothing wrong. Because of love of Rasulullah and that love has to be there. We, uh, we try to do our best to emulate him as much as possible. But we also have to look at his actions to remember that which actions are the one which we are commanded to follow and which actions are the one which we, we, we are not commanded to follow and some of the actions actually we are commanded not to follow him. Now this is kind of a strange feels like. What are those actions that we are talking about? So if you look at the Rasulullah actions, or a hadith or sunnah of Rasulullah when you see, you find three kinds of actions in his life. One that carries the wahi and which is commanded on us to follow. All the actions which are related to us to follow. There's a second category of actions of the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu which actually we are commanded not to follow. What are those actions? For example, Rasulullah was allowed to marry more than four wives. We, are not, we, are, we cannot follow that sunnah because that was specific for Rasulullah. That was, that, that was khas for him specifically. As it's an exception for him. It was an obligation on him to do the tahajjud. It's not an obligation on us. Okay? He was allowed to do wusal. Wusal is a, a way of fasting in which you combine two fasts together. Meaning, you don't break the fast and you continue fasting. Rasulullah was allowed to do that and he prohibited on us to do. So see, there are actions which were specific for Rasulullah Now, what are the third category of actions which do not follow, follow any of the two? Which are referred as the actions that Rasulullah performed as a bashar, which is part of the fitrah. fitrah. What is the part of the fitrah? Here, the nature of a human being. For example, Rasulullah he, he used to like the, uh, the, the meat of the lamb of the shoulder. 
Or he liked uh, squash. What they call in uh, Urdu, uh, Loki. Even you find that hadith that there's Loki or uh, squash. Shufi uh, al-Arabi, Fakus, huh? <laughs> so uh, it's in the Shoraba or Salam, and he was, he'll be looking for it, and he's eating. So this is his likes and dislikes as a human being. We don't say that you will get more hasanat for this. But the, in the love of Rasulullah, because we just love him so much, we are emulating, that's a different story that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give us hasanat for that love. But this action itself, this is the third category of actions that come in. Similarly, when Rasulullah the way he dressed, for example, it's not like a, when, the, when the Quran, the Wahi, started, the, the revelation came down, he came up with a new dress code or something for himself. See, dress code is different. This is not that Rasulullah obliged us to wear. Okay, so if I'm wearing it, doesn't mean that uh, this is what Islam has commanded us to wear uh, the thobe, for example. Okay? It, to an extent that one time, and you'll find many instances, I'm just giving you one of the examples. And that example is very interesting because there were only two people involved. Rasulullah when he migrated from Mecca to Medina, he migrated with Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu. And uh, the people of Medina, they were waiting for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that he is, about, he is arriving. And they used to come every day in the morning towards the border of the Medina so they can welcome Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And when the sun used to rise, gets too hot, they used to go back. So while they were waiting, so one, one day, the day Rasulullah and Abu Bakr was about to arrive, uh, they were returning because they did not see him. But one of the Yahudi, he saw him from far. He said, the sahib that you were waiting for, he's, it seemed like he's coming because he saw from far. So they came back. Now, there were a lot of those uh, sahaba among them who, uh, who never saw Rasulullah before. The one from Medina. Because they became, came into the folds of Islam through different Sahaba, and they never met Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So they could, they could not tell between Abu Bakr and Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam who was uh, who was the messenger of Allah. And as a matter of fact, Abu Bakr was talking more, and the because of his physique, even though he was younger than Rasulullah well, by two years, he used to look older than Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So they thought of him as the messenger. Until when they saw that the sun was coming to Rasulullah Abu Bakr was trying to give him the shade. So they realized, no, the messenger was the other one. Why am I bringing this example? The example I'm bringing this up here is, he was not one of those people who was uniquely identified by the way he was dressing up. Like today, unfortunately, because of our, I would say, sometime misunderstanding, there we assume a sheikh will come and talk, he has to be in a certain dress code. Yeah? Or he will come with, a, with some uh, some haybah he has, that he will come with uh, some sort of a, 
you know, uh, entourage. entourage or something, you'll come. Why are we talking about the best of the creation? Rasulullah We find another way around. We see, we, see, we see something different. And it's not one incident I'm talking about. You find many incidents like this in the Sira when we, and when, inshallah, when we're going through it. The people are coming from outside the Mecca and they're looking for him. They could not distinguish even within Mecca among the kuffar of the Quraysh which one was Rasulullah sallallahu and which one was, uh, which was not. So, this is, a, this is one of the things that we, if we pay attention to it, we realize that, that it's not that uh, materialistic things that made Rasulullah sallallahu what he was. And he did not take the, uh, these kind, he did not use these kind of things to have the influence over the people as well. It's the message that he was carrying. And this is why we have to pay attention to the message of Rasulullah rather than uh, sometimes we go into certain things which may not even fall under the thing that we are commanded to fo- uh, even follow. Okay? Now, besides that, uh, because we are, uh, we are losing the, the knowledge, unfortunately, uh, about Islam, so actually Rasulullah was talking about uh, one time and he was saying it will happen when knowledge will be no more. And one of the uh, Sahabi from Ashab uh, Rasulullah Ziyad ibn Labib, he said, Oh Allah, Allah's Messenger, how will the knowledge vanquish despite we learn Quran and we teach our kids Quran and they will teach the next generation and on and on and on. How can we lose the knowledge? And Rasulullah sallallahu said, Ziyad, may your mother weep over you. I was the opinion that you were one of those who have greatest understanding of deen in Medina. So he said, do these Yahud and Nasara not teach their books and not follow them? And that's what it means by losing the knowledge. That you learn it, but you're not implementing it. So the knowledge that we gain about Rasulullah which is an obligation on us. It is not something that we can get by. The person's life of Rasulullah has to be followed. It is a must on us to follow his life. And for that, the first step is to learn about him. We love Rasulullah we, we all do. And sometimes we tend to forget what does it mean by the love of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. As uh, one of the hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, لَا يُؤْمِنُوا أَحَدُكُمْ حَتَّى أَكُونَ أَحَبَّ إِلَيْهِ مِنْ وَالِدِهِ وَوَالِدِهِ وَالنَّاسِ يَجْمَعِينَ أَوْ كَمَا قَالَ Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Rasulullah is saying that you cannot be a true believer until you love me, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you love Rasulullah more than everything, more than your father, more than your mother, and Nasu Ajma'in, and all the people. So now, for us to love him, we have to know about him. Right? So that's the part of it that we want to learn. Now, besides that, the other aspect of the life of Rasulullah if you want to learn, we have to know that what was his mission? If you don't know the mission, 
uh, we will not be able to follow him properly either. That why was he sent as a messenger? So that's the key thing. Uh, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned that to us in many ayat in the Quran. The purpose of Rasulullah sallallahu sending as a messenger. But before I talk about that, I want to share a, a small example, and I have a, that happened to me as well, but example actually is related to this masjid itself. Okay. This masjid, uh, the way it is, it is uh, built and it's kind of a hidden, right? There are probably hundreds and thousands of cars pass by on a daily basis. And those people may have no clue who there's a masjid here. Among the Muslims, by the way. Even the Muslims probably pass by, they would not know there's a masjid exists here. But the ones who know that there's a masjid, or the ones who are looking for a masjid, like for example, I'm coming from very far from here. I came from far, like 30-40 miles from here. So when I come, we, either we have a GPS, or because I used to live in the neighborhood, so I always remember, oh, there is a water tank here, it's like across it. So I just look for that, and probably most of the people remember it by this water tank, right? So now, this, uh, this idea of when you are looking for something, you'll find it. Otherwise, you pass by on a daily basis, you would have no clue that the masjid even exists here. Right? And this, this masjid itself is a very good example to remember. Now, why am I bringing this example? The reason I'm bringing this example is exactly applies on the life of Rasulullah wasallam. If you're looking for some very specific things in his life, that's all we're going to find. We will not see the other things in his life. And we will start thinking of it as if this is the only, this is the only thing that we need to follow also. This is why we have to really know that why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala send Rasulullah sallallahu as a messenger? What was his mission that he was trying to achieve? And if we don't know that, we will continue to pass by the ayat. We'll continue to do the sila session for uh, weeks and months and years, and we would not know why was he sent and what am I supposed to get out of it. Okay? So Allah azza wa jal has mentioned that very clearly in the Quran, the purpose of him send, uh, being sent as a messenger. Allah subhanahu wa says, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم وما أرسلناك إلا رحمة للعالمين إلا رحمة للعالمين that we, that we have sent you, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, nothing but the rahma, but the mercy for the alameen. At another place Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, and this ayah has been, has been reported in the Qur'an, has been mentioned in the Qur'an, three different places, the different, uh, a little bit different endings also. In uh, Surah Al-Saf, Allah Azzawajal says, وَالَّذِي أَرْسَلَ رَسُولَهُ بِالْهُدَى وَدِينَ الْحَقِّ لِيُذْهِرَهُ عَلَى الدِّينِ كُلِّهِ وَلَوْ كَرِهَ الْمُشْرِكُونَ And another place, the very same ayah uh, in Surah Fatha, 
that says that وَالَّذِي أَرْسَلَ رَسُولَهُ بِالْهُدَى وَدِينَ الْحَقِّ لِيُذْهِرَهُ وَلَدِينَ كُلِّ وَكَفَى بِاللَّهِ شَهِيدًا Now, what is the meaning of this ayah? So we understand why am I stressing these few ayat here? Because that actually in a nutshell gives us the mission of Rasulullah Allah Azza wa Jal is saying here that وَالَّذِي أَرْسَلَ رَسُولَهُ بِالْهُدَىٰ That he has sent, uh, he who has sent uh, Rasulullah sallam, his messenger with huda. Huda means guidance. وَالدِينَ الْحَقِّ And the deen of the truth. For what? لِيُذْهِرَهُ عَلَى الدِّينِ كُلِّهِ So this deen becomes victorious over all other adiyan or all other ways of life if you want to say translate rough translation of the deen deen means the way of life we are talking about Rasulullah was sent to this world to make sure the people worship Allah alone and worshipping Allah alone means that for every aspect of our life whether how we dress, whether we are covering our aura the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to cover our aura, what we eat, what we drink, how our relationships are within the family, how our relationships with our neighbors, or how our relationships with our, the, the, the city or the nation, country or, or the whole world. Rasulullah sallallahu had a uniqueness compared to other prophets. There are five different things in one of the hadith Rasulullah mentioned that Rasulullah had, was, uh, had different than the other prophets. They were given to him or not given to other prophets. And one of them that I want to mention here was all the other prophets were sent to specific nations. But Rasulullah was not sent to a specific nation. He was not sent to Jazirat al-Arab only. That you are a prophet with Jazirat al-Arab, Arabian Peninsula. No, he was the messenger sent for the alameen. He was sent for the whole world for us. So that, when we look from that angle, then we realize his purpose, his mission statement also. That what was his mission? Why was he uh, sent to the alameen? What what are the consequences of him being sent to the whole world? Because the purpose, when we are studying the seerah of Rasulullah wasallam. We have to keep this in focus when we are studying. That whatever we are learning, it is towards that specific mission. Because if we are not going in that direction, then now we, then we are not fulfilling the reason or the purpose Rasulullah was sent for. So that should be always remembered. And uh, as, I, as I mentioned, I, I will not take too much of a time here in today's uh, talk, it will not be, I will not go into the details of the seerah itself. Inshallah, when we will discuss that uh, in the coming weeks, we will start from, uh, uh, today we just talked about the introduction part of it, what, the, what is the purpose of it, but to, uh, next time we will discuss, we'll start from, not from the life of Rasulullah, rather a little bit prior to the life of Rasulullah And why do we want to do that? Because uh, it is important that to know 
the situation he was sent as a messenger and how he changed the society from the time he was sent in the, the days of Jahiliya, the, the time is referred as the days of Jahiliya, and how he changed the days of Jahiliya, or the time era of the Jahiliya, into uh, the, the place where they were even living according to the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a comprehensive way of life, not just uh, some rituals. Okay, so uh, I, I will, uh, inshallah, I will just stop here today uh, and uh, leave it at this introductory talk. And uh, if there is any questions about, or there are any questions about uh, the subject uh, or what we are going to be covering or, uh, and, and how we'll be covering or even whatever I've said today, inshallah, I'll try to answer these questions if I could. <coughs> Any uh, questions or comments? Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, and Sira are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com.